Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 125 of CS Radio. I'm Jay Michael DeAngelis. And I'm Amy Len Kirshner. And I want to start out by welcoming any new listeners that we may have, whether you heard about us during the recent Penn Social Media Leadership Meeting, or you found us on podchaser.com on the list of University of Pennsylvania produced podcasts, or you just found us through Career Services or your favorite podcast platform, we welcome you and hope that you will enjoy spending some time with us. We are very glad you're here. So, Milan, we're reaching into the ye old career services grab bag today. <laughs> a perfect topic for February. Going to talk about a couple of not necessarily related, but uh, timely topics exactly. that have been coming up a lot, um, particularly for you in your student appointments, and also because... You are one of the point people in our office for our summer funding initiatives, and I'm going to just put that at the top of the grab bag and pull it right out. <laughs> well, I definitely think we should lead with summer funding because we have really exciting news. Uh, as sure many do. people know, Career Services manages a summer funding program every year where we have a limited pool of funds that we distribute to students who, who apply who have opportunities that are unfunded or underfunded or just need that little extra in order to make the opportunity happen. And this is always really competitive. Many, many more people apply than we are able to fund. Um, but this year, we are thrilled to announce a large increase in funding from student financial services, specifically for students with moderate family income levels. So this is in the range of like 65000 to $140,000. Um, so it's still, it's a little bit complicated as we've been working through these details of this exciting news because there's still funding for people who do not meet that criteria. Um, and those students uh, and master's candidates and uh, whatnot, if, if uh, you're not um, in that middle moderate family income window, there's still funding there for you. Um, but that's going to be as competitive as usual. The great news is that for students within that $65,000 to $140,000 family income range, um, it's there's so much more funding that we are eager to be able to help students get to many more opportunities this summer. Um, so a few things change about our process because of that. It's always looked slightly different year over year, and we always cover those details here on the podcast. But I think the biggest difference this year is that instead of just one round of uh, review, we actually have three rounds. So there are three different deadlines. Um, they're not rolling. Each one has a set deadline. So February 28th, March 28th, and April 18th. Um, so again, not rolling until then. There's We don't certainly never encourage students to wait until the very last minute to apply, but um, there's no advantage to applying early within any of those cycles. Uh, we will re review all applications and get back to students, hopefully within a month. We're trying to target within four to five weeks of um, application and that deadline to notify students if they've been, if we are able to reward them, award them funding. Um, one other thing that has changed. So again, this pool of funding is for that moderate window. There is still a separate process for students who are highly aided and that is directly through student financial services. Um, in the past, that also looked a bit different. They have also made adjustments to make this 
pool of funding even more flexible for students. In the past, the student financial services funding was restricted to rising juniors and rising seniors. So for your like summer after um, sophomore year and summer after junior year, it has changed. And now students in that uh, highly aided category are eligible for two summers. It's just any two summers. We've realized that often by junior summer, students may be in a position to have an internship where they're earning money. Um, but if they can get support doing an internship their first year summer, they uh, can go to student financial services for that, which is fantastic news. So it sounds like a slightly complicated process, <laughs> but only because there's so many options. Exactly. Right. But I can pretty much figure out what sort of bucket I can draw from based on my need. That's exactly I right. Meet that, I meet that highly aided category. I can go through student financial services. Precisely. If I hit that sort of middle category, I can go through uh, career services and draw from that larger pool of money that has just been uh, granted to us. Exactly. And then if I have a need, but it's a lower need. Uh, I can continue. I can also go through career services, but it's going to be a highly competitive process. Exactly. And for this last pool, I can think of so many things that could fall into this. It could be that even, you know, your opportunity is is paid, but maybe not paid enough. But you, this is still a little bit up in the air. Uh, I guess there's a pun there I didn't really intend, but one of the things we regularly see requests for with summer funding is travel. So if you need to get to a place, if you need to fly somewhere and you need that upfront money for your airline ticket, uh, that could be something that you submit for. This year, those specific details about whether international opportunities can be funded, whether we'll cover airfare, those are things that, as with so many things in a global pandemic, are going to have to be revisited. So right now, unlike this time last year, there is not a specific ban on international opportunities by the university, but we aren't expecting that there won't be like a triple negative there. We're anticipating that may change and there may be uh, rules in place about not permitting students or not permitting students to receive funding for pursuing opportunities in a different country. Um, Again, there's nuances there. If you are already in a home country and you're looking for an opportunity there, um, that could certainly be funded. We, so the pick, that piece of the puzzle about like, would we cover airfare to somewhere else? A little bit unknown. But if you're in that highly, um, sorry, if you are in a category that does not meet those other two, you, your need is less as a student at Penn. Um, there's still plenty of opportunities that might uh, be able to be funded. You can easily make the case there's a budget form you'll submit this year. Um, that just explains why there is a shortcoming between what you'll be able to earn over the summer and what your needs are. And we'll certainly be able to evaluate those and then uh, grant up to $4,000 uh, per application. 4,000 is the max. Um, and just one other note about these three cycles. So you would not be able to reapply with the same opportunity cycle over cycle. So um, we will review the first cycle, like I said, and some people may be declined and their opportunity may not be approved. Uh, you cannot then take that same opportunity and reapply with it. You could potentially find another opportunity and reapply with a different experience in mind. Um, just like last year, we do need these offers confirmed before you apply. 
So that could be just a formal offer letter from an organization, pretty standard. If it's a research opportunity or, or something that you are doing on campus um, with a professor, again, looking very different in 2021 than it did two years ago, um, a note from that professor or advisor could count as that offer letter of sorts. Uh, it would need to indicate that the work you will be doing will be beyond what you're already doing for class or for you know previous during the academic year. It needs to go beyond that to show that it's introducing you to some new area of the research or preparing you in a different way to explore something that may determine your career path down the line. Um, but uh, that wouldn't necessarily need to be like a formal drafted offer letter. It would just be an email from the person with whom you'd be working. So I've got a couple of uh, follow-up questions. Perfect. Uh, what if I'm a grad student? Grad students are eligible to apply. As long as you are in one of the schools that Career Services serves, you are eligible to apply for funding. You can find that list on our website. Uh, we also have it. We have a couple different pages to address these questions. There's one overview about all the details for how to apply, the link to the Qualtrics form, uh, and then there's links within that for students who are in the schools who are eligible to apply. There is also an FAQ page that's really helpful. What if I'm a senior who's decided to take an internship instead of a full-time job right out of school? That is a great question. Sometimes that's a really good fit for students. Unfortunately, it's not a fit for funding. You do need to be a student who is returning to Penn. Uh, you have to be, you can't be a graduating student. Similarly, maybe this maybe this was your next question. I know many more students were considering leaves of absence during this unusual academic year. If you took a leave of absence in the fall and are back as a full-time student in the spring, you're eligible to apply for this funding. If you are a student who is on leave in the spring semester, unfortunately, you are not eligible for summer funding. Amazing. Did you have any other questions? Uh, so, well, I think I have I have lots of questions, but I think the important thing is you've answered a lot of them on the website. We do have an FAQ about the process, but also about what you can use this funding for. There are certain things um, that are great and certain things that are, are not so great, right? Right. So I just had a conversation with someone today about you know the opportunity for like a creative writing workshop or, or something that looks closer to an academic program or a class over the summer or something that would be super rewarding, but unfortunately doesn't fall within the bounds of what we could fund here with the career services money. That also would not be eligible for the uh, student financial services money if the student is highly aided. But yes, the website is a really great resource. There's contact information there as well. If you do have more specific questions that aren't answered, uh, if those come up, we'd be happy to chat through them with you and maybe even add them to our FAQ. So there are things that we don't fund, unfortunately, things like professional development. You mentioned like a creative writing workshop that would have a fee. Uh, we don't necessarily cover those. There might be other ways at Penn that you can find funding. What is your advice to someone who's looking at those sorts of things? Right. So sometimes those things are really valuable and also very dear, very costly. Um, so if you've identified one of those opportunities, there are are often external scholarships for those. So there may not be a great pen fit for funding, but they may have their own process for bringing in a more diverse group of people um, to that particular workshop or, or course or opportunity. Uh, so that's one option. A second option could be 
sometimes they aren't the full summer. They're just a few weeks. The second option could be taking a second opportunity the rest of the summer. And that can be a paid thing. It could be a freelance opportunity. We were talking about that again, in that creative writing space, you might be able to find some freelance opportunities to do copywriting. We could certainly talk about all the ways that could qualify you for uh, other opportunities going forward, how you could talk about being entrepreneurial and finding those, taking that initiative, all of those good things. So a second paid paying or paid gig could be the option. Um, there might be opportunities for fellowships that are closer to what you're looking for. So that could be something that you check out Kerf uh, to explore. And just a last plug, I know we've talked about this before, but I think it's been a little while. This is not the same thing at all, but remember that you do have access to LinkedIn learning. So if there's a specific skill set or professional development opportunity you're looking for, I would at least check uh, LinkedIn learning to see if there are some courses related to that skill set. Again, certainly not a substitute for like a creative writing workshop or something, but um, potentially a way to, to stay connected to it. Well, there's a... Uh... A lot of opportunity. We're so grateful to the university for expanding the career services reach, for assisting our highly aided students. Um, I personally, as the person who gets to work with all of mm -hmm. our students on their blogs, reflecting on their experience, I can't wait to see what everybody does this summer. It's always so exciting to, to read these and see the variety of things that Penn students get involved with. So I look forward to hearing all about it. It's so true. That's one of my favorite things too, seeing all the vlogs come through and it, not just for myself to read through them and be reminded of the things that we funded as we went through the process, but I love showing them to students in meetings too, as I scroll past in different uh, career communities. I'm like, oh, definitely take a look at the experience we funded in the past. Hear these insights from students who have explored these fields. Love it. So I think that covers summer funding. Again, I encourage everyone to go read that FAQ on our website. But let me reach down here into the grab bag. Oh, uh, well, there's just one more topic in here for today. Investment banking? That's weird. That's a weird segue. <laughs> what else are we talking about here? It's, this is a question we're getting so often right now. Um, and rightly so. I mean, it is the beginning of the spring semester. I know students are hearing from friends and getting a sense like the rumblings are happening that is investment banking recruiting starting? Should I be applying to jobs? Not just for this summer, but also for next summer. And of course, by jobs, I mean internships in this case. <laughs> um, are those out there? What are the postings looking like? And when do I need to decide? Should I be applying now? Should I be waiting? It's, it's confusing. It's a really complicated process. The banks don't necessarily make it easier to navigate. They, of course, want to capture the best talent. So they um, want to make you an offer and uh, have you accept it and be done as soon as possible. Uh, but that doesn't always benefit you, the student, the, seek, the job seeker, internship search seeker. Um, so yes, you may in the next few weeks start to see postings. You may start to see opportunities available if you are a sophomore for next summer, for summer 2022. <laughs> I always have to think about it because it's so yeah. far out. It's surprising, even though we're a little bit more familiar with this process, it's been a couple of years now, but it's still so accelerated that it takes a second to wrap your mind around it. So it means truly that students could be applying for both a sophomore summer internship and a junior summer internship simultaneously. 
I'm just going to say it. That sounds insane. It is insane. So I think um, we, I was chatting about this with one of our peer career advisors the other day and our colleague, Jing Yian, who works with students in uh, Wharton. Um, and I thought it helped, I mean, Jing Yi described it in a, a way that was really helpful. And she said, think about it like um, early decision. If you opt to start applying to places now or in March or in April, you have to be prepared to start moving. You need to be ready and prepped to interview. You might have to commit early. You might have to be saying to that opportunity, okay, yes, I certainly can't sit on this offer you have made me until I also interview with all these other organizations that are down the line. So general broad strokes here. Um, the um, elite boutiques, so think Centerview, Evercore, uh, they'll start and end recruiting earlier because they just have fewer spots. So they'll open early and they won't necessarily need to keep those positions open like through next fall. Um, however, bulge bracket firms won't go until, like they will continue into the summer and some don't even open until June. Um, so unfortunately, what this means for students is you really need to be watching out for these things. We are frequently asked by students, do you have a timeline? And we don't mostly because it's a moving target. These banks may say one thing, but then make a game time decision based on something and then go a little earlier. So we encourage you to continue to check in on Handshake. Um, again, for those students who are in that sophomore space, be thinking about looking for sophomore opportunities as well by using the keyword sophomore. You'll find that they may have some of these, maybe it's not a full summer experience, but maybe it's like a sophomore introduction program that you could combine with an additional or different summer experience for your sophomore summer. Um, and those can help you prepare at, to hit the ground running when you become, you know, when you enter your junior summer internship, but you could be starting to apply for those now, but you, then you would also potentially be doing it through the summer. So maybe not both. If you start now, you might be done. Um, but if you're interested in some of those bulge bracket firms, you ideally want to hold off on jumping the gun on the earlier things. If you know that boutiques are more your speed and that's the space you're more interested in getting exposure to at this point, um, then of course the advice may be a little bit different. You may want to jump on some of those earlier positions. If you have specific questions about this or the breadth of experiences that you're considering, definitely recommend that you check in with a career advisor. We'd be happy to speak with you one-on-one -on -one about some of these individual scenarios that may come up. So here's the million dollar question. <laughs> Are you giving me the million dollars? No. <laughs> oh, okay. If I go through this process now mm. and I accept an offer for this summer and then I accept an offer for next summer, uh, as we have all recently found, a lot can change in a year. A lot can change. What if I get to next fall or this time next year and I'm like, I don't know about that job I committed myself to last winter. Right. It's crazy. It's crazy. How bad is it going to be if I decide I can't go through with it? Obviously, so many contingencies here. First and foremost, we encourage you to trust that your word is your word and follow through with that commitment that you made. So if you agreed to it, um, 
I think there's a lot of, I mean, it's just one summer, you'll get exposure to an industry that even if you choose not to stay in it after graduation, you can leverage the skills that you learned, the transferable, you know, managing many things at a time, keeping yourself organized, dealing with grueling hours, those things can translate to other places. And you could do that, have those conversations for a full-time role after your junior summer internship. Uh, so I want to just emphasize first and foremost, you should be committing with the intention of following through, of course. Now, just as you said, you may in the interim fall in love with that sophomore summer internship and want to pursue something in that space instead. Exactly. I never wanted to leave summer camp. That's truly how I felt. (laughs) Um, So I never went to summer camp. I didn't actually buy college, but um I liked waiting tables. I, I liked waiting tables and I kept going back to it. Obviously, that was not a professional move that landed me in finance. <laughs> um, but it did get me where I wanted to get. And I think that, that is sometimes the point. And it ties in here because what I you, you have to realize that you're burning a bridge. And not to be dramatic about it, but it is going to be a black mark on your name. There, you're saying that you're going to commit and then un- you know, going back on that um, is is not going to be isolated to just that one recruiter who you spoke with or that one organization who is disappointed that now that seat is not filled. Um, it also does not look great to uh, to employers who are considering Penn students if this is a trend and they hire Penn students and Penn students then change their mind and then they have a whole bunch of seats to fill at a later date when the candidate pool is a little bit um, more shallow. Uh, it's not a good look. But so not only does it have lasting uh, lasting effects on Penn's process, it's not restricted to, oh, I just, you know, made this decision in this one organization as a place now I can't work. People talk, people move from role to role. People um, have friends who work mm-hmm. at a competing firm, roommates who move on to a different job. And it's, it's a small professional world. And you could know that that change of mind, change of heart could impact you in that same space going forward. So sometimes you decline a role because you have absolutely no interest in finance. You've learned from that, you know, a couple rotational things that you did during the sophomore summer that finance actually sounds absolutely dreadful to you and it's no longer a path you want to pursue. Then it seems like the stakes are maybe lower. If you're going to go into a totally different field, um, you might not run into the same people. And even if you did, you could explain that thought process of, well, unfortunately, this happened. I was worried about this. Like there, you can explain it, but you have to think about the people who will uh, look negatively upon the fact that you committed and then changed your mind. I know you'll probably hear this. We hear it in career services. Um, because of the super accelerated process, banks build in more attrition. So they expect that more people mm. will do this because they know they're going really early. Uh, and that may be true. They may be kind of counting this into their numbers when they make the offers and you know re- make return offers. Um, but that that still is not a reason. You, uh, it's not an easy a, exactly. It's not a free pass. It's certainly not a free pass. Just as you said, many things could come up that totally change your picture and move you to a different space. If that's a sincere move for you, and you are fine backing it up and fine kind of closing down some doors, not being able to go over some burn bridges, then that's a decision that you can make. But I, I can't emphasize enough: we discourage you from doing it. And certainly, I know we've talked about this before. Um, because I did it personally, you, I, I did not renege, but you, if you commit, you commit, you can't then go back and um, 
finagle the details. So you don't need to accept something on the spot. If it feels like you're getting a lot of pressure, take a step back, ask for a day, ask for as much time as you can, of course. Um, but don't feel like you need to just give that verbal agreement if you're not ready. Come speak with career services, talk through the options. Uh, don't feel like you need to succumb to that pressure and just give a yes to get out of it. We know they put a lot of pressure on you. Do what you can to ask for what you need, whether that's more time, um, more money, uh, a different window to, to consider whatever that looks like. And we can talk through that with you individually, of course. All right. Well, the spring, the start of the spring semester, always a busy time. Uh, decisions to be made, summer funding to be gotten. <laughs> uh, we are always here to answer your questions, uh, arrange a same day yes. uh, appointment with either an advisor or one of our magnificent PCAs. Please do. Or make a 30 minute appointment um, for a, a longer conversation um, sometime in the future. We book one to two weeks out in advance. Always good to check uh, for fresh appointments yes. first thing Monday morning. Don't ever, I never, we keep getting messages from students saying there are no appointments until July. It's not true. Just keep checking back. <laughs> there will be appointments before July. Uh, and I will say there is, there are appointments in July and I've gently <laughs> nudged that advisor to maybe look yeah, at their yeah. calendar. I was confused. Do by you that. know that you have appointments open in July because they're about to get booked up. <laughs> That's where people are. But no, we, just as Michael said, it's not that we put all the appointments in for the whole semester. We put them in week over week so that there's fresh opportunity for new faces to get in and uh, take those slots. Exactly. Exactly. Great. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us. We'll be back again next week. We've got some exciting stuff planned for the rest of the season. Going to have a couple of guests in the hot seat. I would not be surprised to see our old friend and Thomas Leach pop up for at least one or two more episodes. And we'll see you all next time on CS Radio. This podcast is by University of Pennsylvania Career Services, a division of the Vice Pro Rose for University Life. It was created, produced, and hosted by J. Michael DeAngelis and A. Milin Kirshner. It was mixed and edited by Kelsey Padilla. Our theme music is by Mila, used under a Creative Commons attribution license. Please join us again next time on CS Radio.